over quality. And the best thing I think the best thing we can do right now is flood the world with gorgeous stories, complicated stories, messy stories that defy expectation and all the neat and tidy ways we want to create good guys and bad guys. And the more we do it, the more often we can do it, and the less we focus on how perfect it is, I think that's really, you know, where it's at. So given what's going on, do you want to go out and grab a microphone, or do you want to go hide somewhere? Oh, I'm grabbing a couple microphones. Since I've known Steve Hernandez, he has been a comic book junkie, a member of the high school football team and show choir, a youth pastor, a member of a rock and roll band with his siblings. He was in a polyamorous marriage, a bartender, a stand-up comedian, divorced, and a podcaster. And now Steve is the inaugural guest on Southern California Podcasters. Steve, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to do this. I couldn't say no. I couldn't say no. (laughs) Steve Fernandez, the living legend. Yes. The man that got me into podcasting. Yes. I don't know if that's good or bad. We'll see how it all turns out. So when I was here last week, we talked a little bit about uh, the beginning of your, I don't know, podcast journey, career, whatever you want to call it. Do you remember some of the first shows that you listened to? Oh, I mean, I could tell you exactly where it started from. Um, Adam Carolla got me into podcasting. Um, probably like he's probably gotten, I don't know, thousands of people into podcasting. Uh, I don't know if you remember. What was the talk radio station that was uh, here in L.A.? Do you remember? KABC? No. KFI. I think it was KFI. Uh, They had Tom Likas in the afternoon. Oh, sure. Adam Carolla in the morning. um, Somebody else in the afternoon. Um, But I remember I always wanted to listen to Adam Carolla. I always liked him on K-Rock, but it was in the morning. And I remember they shut down the talk radio station. And uh, the next week, he he started podcasting. Do you remember what year that was? Well, it was bef- a year before I was doing comedy, so it has to be 11, 12 years ago. Gotcha. So it's got to be, I mean, shit, it was when, it's got to be like 2007, 2006, something like that. And he said, hey, if I remember I would just listen to him every day, and he said, if this is something you want to do, just start interviewing your friends. So I remember um, my wife at the time, we were very young too, she was especially young, but uh, I remember I told her, Oh, I've got to get a computer. I've never used computers. I mean, I think I got a Facebook. I think I got an Amazon account in like 2007, 2008, something like that. And I was like, dang, you can get every book on this thing. And everyone was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, bro, you're like a decade late. But um, I got a Mac because uh, it was the easiest you for with GarageBand, which I still use. And I got a, have you seen those snow globes? They still have them as a microphone. Oh, yes. Uh, Snowballs. Yeah, snowballs, which, get this, man. I started podcasting, and I think it took me one whole year to figure out that I wasn't using it the whole time. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that on the garage band thing. You had to select. 
to the input for the snow globe. So I was just using my computer microphone. Yeah. And the whole time I was like, man, I don't know what's going on with the sound. Like sometimes it sounds okay, sometimes it doesn't. And it was just strictly based on us sitting around the computer using that. One full year, no joke, of Respect the Danger of Knives. 50 episodes. And then I figured out, I think I even got the next thing. So I, I switched to a different uh, audio interface with the two microphones. Pretty much what I use now. I forgot the original one. But uh, what do I use now? Do you know? You know, right? That red box. The Scarlet? Yeah, I use the Scarlet. Oh, the, okay. The four one. But I think originally I got just the two two input one. Got it. And then it took me like figuring. I figured out once I got this new thing, I was like, oh, my God. I was using it wrong the whole time. Oh, But man. Uh, yeah, it was for sure <laughs> Adam Carolla, man, which is so funny now because – I, I mean I don't like I don't like listening to Adam Carolla anymore, but he was very influential in getting me into podcasting. So how long did it take for you to start a show after you started listening to Adam Carolla? Was it was it immediate or did you take a time? You know, like did you take uh, I, a while? I, I don't know. It couldn't have been more than six months or a year. Okay. I mean I wasn't doing anything with my life at the time. Right now I, I do stand up. I host three uh, comedy podcasts. I produce a bunch of stuff. I live in L.A. This at this point I was in Covina. I was, um, I think, bartending here at the Chatterbox twice a week and just lost. Like, at this time, I don't even think I was going to school yet. At some point when I got married, I went back to school pretty aggressively for a couple of years. And then I quit. Um, But at that point, I just did not know what I was doing with my life at all. Right. Yeah. So then you listen to the show and you finally decide to start one. Yeah. Did you go with your first idea or did you kind of, you know, try and refine it? Like, how does you know, that I process for, I just go? forgot about this, Mike, that you were so mad that we used to play songs. <laughs> that was like my first trolling. Yeah. Because I hated it because yeah. you would stop. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, I think it, I still do think it was kind of a good hook um, for a show, but it was probably a bad hook for the show that we were doing. Right. Um but uh, yeah. that but but that was your first idea. Yes, my first idea. I thought uh, I I don't know. You know when you're before, when you're thirty or right before you're thirty, you still care about music a lot and it's like moves you and right. new stuff. But my first idea was respect the danger of knives. This is before I started doing comedy. This is before I started. Um, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, before I started doing, I did. I podcasted for at least a year before I stepped on stage oh, doing wow. stand up. Yeah. Um, but it was just, I'm going to interview my friend, and I want them to pick three songs uh, from three bands they really like. So I would interview just people I knew, and then I would talk to them about their life, and then we would segue into each of those songs. But I think um, I first when I first started stand-up and uh, brought on my co-host Scott Lears on Respect the Danger of Knives, where we kind of switched straight to com- comedians, it was like episode 45 or 48 or something like that. Good. But I did it for almost a whole year of just people i knew which is really weird too because i would get them to talk about like a lot of stuff which now i mean everybody like there's no reason for a regular person to be open about their life (laughs) i don't know how i did it then but it worked but yeah that was my first idea was just the music and i think we did that and i remember very early on that you were pissed and you said stop doing the music it's stupid i don't like it and we fought against (laughs) it i think maybe Till another, at least another year, maybe till episode 150. We went to 270 on Respect the Danger of Knives, but pretty far into. But then when we wanted to get serious, I was I realized uh, I couldn't be playing all this music without the licensing and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure back then it didn't matter. You definitely couldn't get away with doing that now. Yeah, yeah. So um, at some point we switched over 
uh, and came up with our own theme song and all the stuff too that we didn't. But uh, yeah, that was the first idea I went with, and I didn't even think about it. Was that your idea for the show, or was it something that you and Scott came up with? No, that was my idea. I mean, be, like I said, I hadn't. I met Scott. He got me into stand up, and yep. pretty quickly after he started doing, he went. He did a bringer show. And I saw him do it, and I was still going to school, and I didn't get this class, this one class for summer school. You know how impacted the community colleges were. And if I got this one class, I could transfer to UCLA the next semester. If I didn't get this class, then I would have to wait like a year and a half or two years to get there just to get this fucking class again. Because wow. it wasn't offered till like the winter semester of the next right. year. So um, I got that class, and then it got yanked for me because I didn't answer this email right away. And so Scott had just started or was just going to start doing open mics. So I had an open summer, started doing open mics, and uh, I got hooked, and my life changed to do stand-up comedy. Wow. And from that point on, within three or four months, I asked Scott to become my co-host and that we'd interview comics and everything too. So you started the show. You're using a snowball with a laptop, and you did all the editing. Did all the editing on GarageBand, and I was basically plugging in, like I said, this snow globe that I wasn't even using correctly. That's hilarious. And yeah, um, I and I knew nothing about computers. And I'm sure back then there was not a lot of tutorial videos that you could have gone to. Well, I am just so computer illiterate. Um, gotcha. And you're not like you know you're more of a tech. You like to ask questions and stuff. I absolutely <laughs> do not like even the idea. I'm telling you, in the, maybe five years ago or something like that, would I be like, oh, g just Google the question and there's answers. I just didn't think like that even. So I don't even think I thought to check out the YouTube because I'm sure even then there was a tutorial to say, oh, Snow Globe, how to use it. Right. There had to have been the same like unboxing things and telling you how to do it. Right. I just it, I don't think like that. That's hilarious. Yeah. If there was not the garage band and the Mac set up exactly how it is, because um, I'm still pretty bad at this stuff, although a lot more proficient because I've been doing it for so long. Sure. But if there, it was not set up as easy as it was, I would not be doing it. Wow. Yeah. Did you have any kind of goal for the show other than just doing a show? Like, I'm making this show because I want this to happen from it. No. Um, no, Adam Carolla said just to start doing it to get good at it. Right. And, uh, you know, whatever Adam says goes. And I'm just, no, but I really was like... You know, I'm I you and I were talking last week, too, but I really look at this stuff more as art anyway. So I don't really you know, I'm just right now getting to the place where I'm like, all right, I've got to figure out ways to monetize these things because I'm so proud of the product and because I want more people to listen to it. And I think those things go hand in hand. But even then, it was just like, I want to get good at podcasting. I want to be good at it. Who did you have host that show? What do you mean? So, I mean, like, was it Libsyn? Was it Blueberry? Like, do you remember what? Oh, originally, what, what Apple had something. I can't remember oh, really? what it was called. Yeah. Hmm. But originally, Apple had something, something life or something where you could do it, but you couldn't see the numbers or anything. Oh, so there's no analytics at all. <laughs> no, no analytics at all. But I think for like uh, 10 bucks a month or something like that, you can just put up whatever and um, you could publish it through iTunes. I w I'm going to have to Google this afterwards because wow, yeah. I, I would like to remember what the fuck. And I remember that when that went away, it was like, oh, no, because because everything was so easy. Even the idea of I was like, how am I going to do this now? But uh, I don't know. I figured it out somehow. But now I use Libsyn. Um, what do you use? I mean, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, there's so many. For this podcast right now, I'm, I'm using Acast. Yeah. Acast is kind of like a newer hosting platform. They're really in like the podcast 
industry community. They sponsor a lot of events. They seem to have a lot of really cool things going. So like when I picked for this show, I wanted to use something kind of, you know, up and coming. So I yeah. just went with Acast. Honestly, I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they all serve the same purpose. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if like your life depended on this and you had a ton of money into a show, it might matter from one to the other, but it's like they all do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? I yeah, for all each of my shows, I I they all tend to go about 90 minutes and the $20 deal, I don't know whatever that is, but I pay about 20 bucks. Right. And then those I get four ninety minute shows out. So of those. then, do you do you have any idea what the downloads were or anything back then? Yeah, no, I had no idea. Gotcha. I have I had zero idea what I was going. But people at the bar and my friends were listening to it. So you know, I I would imagine I I think maybe forty people, fifty people, which I still am like whenever none of my shows except for Who's Your God, Who's Your God gets pretty good numbers, but the rest of them aren't like a lot. Like, I mean, they could be maybe 500 or 700, 1,000 an episode, something like that. Right. Which isn't, like, crazy. I, I do – it really helps me because I podcast for different reasons. And I do believe that that 1,000 people that listen to the episode of the thing – to me, I really am, especially as a stand-up comic, like, that's pretty cool that 1,000 people listen every week to this shit. Yeah. Um, and I do kind of – I do really believe that all of those will continue to grow as my career continues to grow, so – but I yeah, I don't those early episodes, I had no idea. I just I didn't even think like that. So you did how many episodes of Respected Andrew Knives? About? I, we ended up doing about um our two hundred and seventy episodes. And that was over how long of a time? Whatever that is. We did I and mean, we didn't miss so many. So that's over I don't know, five years. Okay. Gotcha. So my first five and a half, six years of comedy or a year before that too. Uh, because I did it before I started comedy, and then um, my other old, my second oldest one now, views from the Vista, my movie podcast. I think we just did episode two hundred and twenty-seven. So oh, there, wow. there, yeah, there was some crossover between those two. And um, Who's Your God with Amy Miller is up to I think one twenty-five, and uh, male the male gaze, my newest podcast, is episode twenty-eight or something like that. So what was the reason that you decided to stop Respected Andrew Knives? I felt like my co-hosts were kind of just burnt out on it. And I was doing a lot of the heavy lifting too. So I think a lot of times they were just like, like, why am I here? Right. Um, and they were kind of just, I, I think they were just kind of done with it. So I felt that from them. So when I brought it up, I, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't a big deal. It didn't affect anybody's friendship or anything. I have had other projects where I have had to like fire my friends essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's okay. And did you guys mainly record that at your apartment or did always. you go to other people? Oh, really? No, it was always-, always my place. Uh, the gear I use, I can always take uh, with me. I don't typically. We typically do it at do it at my house. So that show ends. How long before you started? You said you, the next one that you worked on, yeah, was Views from the Vista. Yeah, those crossed over. So it was probably right. like a ten episode crossover. Okay. And how did that show come about? I just my friend Zed Kutzinger. Um, it's called Views from the Vista. It uh, there's a an amazing movie theater called the Vista in Los Feliz, California. It's been there since 1930s. And uh, I would always go to the first showing, probably around noon on Fridays there. And I saw this guy, Zed Kutzinger, who I knew um, peripherally through comedy. I just knew him a little bit, but I'd always see him and we'd talk about the movies afterwards. And I just told him, uh, oh, we should start a movie podcast. And I wasn't really that good of friends with him now. We're on year like four, four and a half now. And his uh, his girlfriend, they're going to get married. Um, 
is our co-host too. So we've been doing this four and a half, five years. All of my podcasts, I've I really start all podcasts to me out. You need a hook where I can do this forever. So truly, like, can I do this concept forever? Is it easy? Can I just plug things in? I think a lot of times that's people's big mistakes is it's either too high concept um, or it's not simple enough to be able to just plug in some certain elements. But you got to ask yourself, can I do this forever? And uh, whoever you're working with, um, to me, that, that I figured out for myself with podcasting, it's almost why I podcast is I want to see these people once a week for for the rest of my life. Do you want to get to know these people in a way? Is this the only thing, especially in Los Angeles, um, you just, if you don't want to see people or if you don't make a real effort to see people, you will not see them forever. So to me, I'm like, well, I like this person. I'm attracted to them in some way artistically. Um, so let's try doing it. So um, my newest one, The Male Gaze, this, is the, this one has been like uh, very hard. I was doing it earlier because it's kind of a news podcast. I wanted it to be kind of um, four guys that I, I want to see every week that are, uh, I don't even, it's, it has nothing to do with liberal, but they're for sure kind of horny. So, and we're all horny on Twitter, but we're all like past any kind of old um, male identity things too. We don't, we have no problem talking about, I'm queer, so I don't have no problem talking about, you know, fucking or sucking or doing anything like that, but th that we just... We don't even think like that, uh, but it is also a news podcast. So we're looking and searching all the time about for three news stories. You know, while you are setting up right now, if the week I and I don't like this concept, it always has bothered me because it takes so much time. So even this week, we are like I'm hunting for those three news stories. We like to do one serious and then two kind of fun. But um a male gaze news story is a, a, it feels a certain way. We've learned that you can only do one serious one and then two other kind of fun ones. If we do two serious ones, I remember one time I just like stopped it and I was like, am I reporting a news story right now? Like this is not why I podcast. <laughs> I want to have fun talking to my boys. So that one's uh, taken a lot of work too, but I feel like there's a need for that kind of podcast. I don't know if it'll sell. It's a little too sensible in a lot of ways, um, which doesn't sell that well. But we are, I have learned, and this past year, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've really been, like in my horny and all my queer stuff, I've really been pumping it up, like taking it up a notch, because I do believe that sells. And I do believe that's a big part of how I am and what I think. Uh, you and I worked on Reality Bites of Sex and Relationship pod Dating Podcast, so you know I love to talk about all this stuff. I really get off on it. So I'm kind of cranking that up with, and then I'm real grateful, kind of how I, why I chose the guys is they're all on the same pages that stuff as well was that a show created by all of you or was that you again and you just found hosts no it was it was uh i you had took zed from views from the vista it it's this is actually i guess this is good for a podcast but uh alan stricker williams who just did put out his comedy central half hour him and i have been friends forever i've wanted to do a project with him but i also know he's very flighty he'll tell you he's flighty too but we have the same kind of horny energy and like that, that's, we lock in. We love talking about this stuff. We love women and sex and things. So I wanted to do something with him. There was another comic who was also very horny on uh, Twitter. We did one pilot for it. And the second episode, he kind of flaked out. And I was like, ah, okay. He ended up getting canceled 
like six months after that for like huge assaulting women and like oh, all really? this stuff. Yeah, truly, we were gonna call that horned up. Horned up is now a segment on the male gaze, but it was us three originally where I was like, okay, I want to do this horny with these three guys. That'll be super fun. It didn't work out, which I've learned. I mean, I, I've learned. I've been in this town long enough and doing this kind of stuff is really don't try to make anything happen. You know, give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Don't take anything personal, which is huge with all this stuff. So it didn't work out with him. Six months later, he's huge canceled, assaulted all these women in private, done all oh this stuff. And it is like, I am so happy. <laughs> Dodged a bullet. Yeah, I dodged a bullet so sick. I mean, I can't even. When Alan got his he, his Comedy Central special was released in November, and I did on Instagram. I did this thing with him and all these pictures, and like, damn fool, like I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad this. I'm just. I'm also so glad we did not do that podcast with uh, Yusuf. That's the best thing we've ever done in our life. And wow. yeah, and all these like women were just going crazy, like laughing at it because it's like, god damn, I'm dodged a bullet. Yeah. So male gaze is your is your latest one it's my latest one yeah and then views you did after respect the danger of knives were there lessons from danger that you learned that you carried on to views i mean like did that show start better because you had all this experience or i think that i've just gotten better at being um being a host and um right being a a board guy who's like truly just narrating and pushing people and doing all that stuff so i have that experience um I think with all podcasts, something I've learned with views, because views is probably my, I hate to say least popular, but it gets probably the least downloads out of all of them. But the people who love it really love It's just a movie podcast. Yeah. And there's a thousand movie podcasts. But we have some pretty, being in this town, and then uh, me and Zed know a lot of different kinds of people. We have like real like high level guests that we're very stoked to have. Writers and directors and people that you know that are very famous musicians. So being here, our numbers aren't as big as me, my uh, other ones. But it's also like, I want to watch, I'm going to watch a movie every week. I love going to the movies, and I love talking about them in a way where we're not arguing. Zed's a real movie nerd in the worst sense of the the way, but I love his girlfriend. I'm in love with her. We've got our own special thing going on. If Zed and Honor were open to polyamory, which they should be, no. But uh, it's so fun. So to me, I, the the main lesson that I've learned is with all podcasting is you should be having a blast to it because you're probably not going to make any money doing it. Yeah, and figure out that's the one where it's like. Can I do a thousand episodes of this and it be a good time to do it? So that's my main lesson. I probably learned with views. Yeah. And then in addition to them three, are you three, you, you have a, a, a guest host. So yes. a fourth that rotates. Yeah. So we get guests from that. And all of that, Zed is pretty high up at in the UCB School of Comedy and all those things. So I've gotten to meet like the best sketch writers, the best writers, all these things. He's a very popular guy. He lived in New York before. But so for me, you know, networking is I, I know I know nerds and stuff. It's like a dirty word and people don't know how to do it right. But truly, the way I live my life is I would like to meet the most interesting, talented, sexy like people I can meet. So th- specifically views from the Vista, I've like gotten to meet people. There is no way I would have met, especially in the comedy world. I'm a stand up and stand ups are kind of loners. And they typically don't get jobs. Uh, The sketch and improv community, those people come up together working together. And so they sell shows and stack writers rooms and stuff. So I've gotten to meet people that are are way funnier than most of the stand-ups I know. And and so I've got to have friends with people that I just wouldn't be friends with, which is 
mostly, like I said earlier, is why I do it. So. Right. And on views from the Vista, you you said that you have a Scarlet now. Yeah. So you use a Scarlet, and then what kind of mics do you use for that? I just use the regular. What are they called? M M five one oh fives or is it the Shures? The Sure fifty eights. Yeah. Okay, great. And then you said that you do all of that on Garage Garage Band still. So you record it, you edit it. Do you also find the host, the guest host, or is that yes. dead? And so you do everything then? <laughs> yeah, I do everything. Holy which is Christ. It's funny. The longer I do all this stuff, I love stand-up. I'm very good at it, and I like... Um, you got to start delegating. I No, I mean, I, lo- I just love producing. Okay. So that's, I, that's what I was about to say. I love stand-up, but I think I might love producing more. Oh, really? So all of this, you know, when I'm talking about networking, to me... I meet people now. I go to parties to people. When people invite me that maybe they're being nice or something, I like to meet people and I like to figure out what can I do with them. I think for my podcasting journey, uh, that's going to be my... I told you we're converting our second bedroom to a studio. My uh, partner, Julia Loken and lover, uh, it has a really big podcast called uh, What's Your Sign? And uh, I've designed or we've come up with an idea for her podcast that we're launching soon. And then finally, we're going to launch a straight up to Steve Hernandez podcast called Put It In Your Mouth uh, this year as well. That's an intimacy podcast about sex, dating and food stuff, too, which is why I like came up with Put It In Your Mouth. Great. And that'll be a live show that I do. And I'll be in complete control. The reason why I'm doing my own show is so when I tour so much this year, I'll be able to just straight up bring my gear and interview people. And um, I'll be complete control of all the Patreon stuff, how often I put out episodes. I mean, my main thing is after running all of these things, it's like I love working with people, but you should have something that's your own, too. But also, yeah, like I said, I love producing stuff and I love finding all these guests and meeting people and figuring out a way. What kind of show could this person in? Where can I plug them into the different shows? Because there's a lot of people who are very funny that are, aren't necessarily stand-ups or sketch writers, especially in this town. Very interesting, funny people. And, and I, I like to think of ways that I could use them that they would have fun doing, too. So you mentioned Patreon for your show that you're going to come out with. Do you guys have a Patreon for views as well? We have a pa- Patreon for views. That's the only one I have a Patreon for. We only make like... You don't, you don't, you don't have to give me a number if you don't want to. Well, why, but why not? This okay. is what this stuff's about, right? Great. Right. Right. Um, so, like views, we like for the longest time. There's a funny thing about it, is his girlfriend Honor who does it. She is so Zed watches Zed watched like 340 movies last year, 120 that came out last year. This guy watches so many freaking movies. But she actually the podcast. It's like a running joke that she hates watching movies now. But we just make her for the thing. And so I thought we were going to have trouble doing that for her, uh, but she just locked into it. And we come up with different like things where it's, we don't get a guest for that one just to make it easier. So there's times I can go over their house at 10 o'clock and just re- bump out an episode. Or today we met and uh, started a new thing. But that one, we only have a $5 level. Uh, we only have, I think, $35 patrons. So I think after the cost, it's like 100 So. We each after it pays for our lips in, so I don't have to pay that twenty bucks a month, which was what I was paying before. Great. And um, we each get, I think, like I don't know, forty, fifty bucks each. Pays for you to get into the show. It pays for our AMC stubs passes twenty five bucks a month. Right. What any bonus movie things we watch. Great. Yeah, I I don't 
like I said, with all of those, but especially for views, because it's a great show. Whenever anyone listens to it as a movie show, they're like, "Oh, this is really fun to listen to." Yeah, it is. It's nice. Uh, we have we all we have great chemistry, and uh, I love movies. But Zed's technically he's like a critic and kind of brilliant in a way. But you don't want to listen to three fucking Zeds. And then Honor's beautiful and funny and charming. So um, whenever people find it, they stick with it. Like our numbers, you know, if we get like four thousand download, I mean. Some of our episodes will get like 400, but then if we get like a 4,000 downloads a month or 5,000 and it, and some, the new one will get 400. So people find us and they start going back and listening Great. to thousands of episodes. Great. So a lot like that stuff with, with other ones, um, to me, it's like at some point I'm going to pop and then these things will be a lot more lucrative and we can move these things to a television show and that kind of stuff. And what is that content that you provide the Patreon that's different than just the regular show? We do different things. Uh, we go back and forth. Uh, for a while, we were doing movies that kind of correlated with the movie we were watching that week. So the actor, or the director, or something like that. We just started something today, which is we're going to go for 10 weeks. We're going to go through the decade and each bring our favorite movie from that year and kind of pick the one. So today we did 2010. It was our first one. And we all kind of knew what it was going to be. For us, it was the social network, which Zed picked. But Honor picked Kick-Ass, and I picked Beginners. So we just kind of talked about the three movies for an hour, which Kick-Ass is really fun. It's a lot better than I remember it being, and I liked it a lot. Beginners, for me, wasn't, and I like Beginners when I saw it a lot. But once you've seen twenty Mike Mills' second movie, twenty or third movie, 20th Century Women, I think he is just so much better. So I remembered it more fondly than it was, but we all kind of agreed our 2010 choice for then that one is social network. But you get us talking about three older movies that you're never going to, we're never going to talk about that any other way. So where does reality bites fall into this reality? Bites, Timeline wise. Yeah, yeah. I think reality bites came in with, um, very close to, I don't, do you remember if I was doing who's your God first? I want to say you were doing that after. Yeah, I feel like it started after. Who's Your Goddess, uh, my religion ethics podcast that I host with Amy Miller, who's really blowing up. Uh, it's it's basically her podcast. It's uh, We kind of interview com- comics and ask them about, we talk about comedy for half of it, but then we also talk about their religious and uh, background and then ultimately ask them if you were to choose have your own church, what are three rules or uh, practices that you think people do? So... Um, she asked me about that stuff. I used to be a minister. I never at any point wanted to talk about this stuff again. I'm just over it in a lot of ways. Um, but she's so smart and funny that she's pretty much the only person I would have done this stuff for. And that's the only one of my podcasts that I'm not in control of either. Amy really runs the boat on that. I run all the uh, technical stuff, and I'm a very good co-host. But she kind of calls the shots on that one. And that's the most but that's my most popular podcast, too. She opens up for Segura all over the place. She's really blowing up. And there's a third co-host, correct? There was when we started, but uh, oh. that person doesn't co-host with us anymore. Gotcha. So if she runs the show, is she giving you notes to edit? Do you do editing, too? No, I do editing, too, but it's all pretty straight up. Oh, all okay. of my podcasts are, like, minimal editing. Right. When you would when you would edit Reality Bites, did you do a lot of editing? Uh, with Courtney, Yes. Courtney likes it produced. So yeah. there's a lot of editing. Yeah. And, you know, Reality Bites is, you know, pivoted. I don't know what term you want to use. 
it's a different show now. It's um, Private Parts Unknown. And that post is very long on that. Yeah, it's more of an NPR style show, right? Yes. Which, there's, yeah. there's there's a lot of music cues. There's a lot of editing for the you know for the actual interview. There's ads all over the place. So that takes that's a whole day thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I started doing reality bites with Courtney Kosak. Uh, uh, she stepped in. She had a different um, co-host when it originally started as reality bites, and that they were do more YouTube stuff. I was asked to be the second host because I had guessed it a couple of times before. Um, you were on when they did the Jash. Yeah. Oh God. I don't so I that. guessed it a couple oh, of, okay. of like I have YouTube. That's videos right. That stuff. You were yeah. a guest co-host for that. Yeah, I do remember that. And I now. barely knew Courtney. I knew Cor- Courtney peripherally, um, but how, how was that filming at Josh? Oh, it was fine. It was fun. I mean, I think if like I think if I would have been getting paid and I would have had more control or like more input there, that it could have been really fun. But I just wasn't part of that at all in terms i was just a hired gun when i was doing that right um and then when courtney asked me to do the podcast that's when i i mean i feel probably going to talk about this but i've known mike since we were little kids 88 yeah so third grade fourth grade i think you were in third grade i was in fourth yeah and um that's when i came in con i don't know when you got into it and i i think how did you meet courtney it must have been through me i was sitting right there at the bar yeah and we were talking about me recording and you said hey i have a friend that wants to start a show yeah uh, but she has no tech background would you be interested in doing that and at the time it didn't even occur to me to look into doing podcasting because i was trying to do music recording still yeah because that's what my background is so i was trying to figure out a way that i could do that but then once you introduced me to her that really changed everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was definitely, it's the future. And it's, I don't think we've even scratched the surface of podcast stuff, which is why I'm not cons- too concerned for my own thing. We had a good time, Courtney and I working together, but we do just have such different, I mean, there are, she is very polished and she is very concerned with like a finished product. I look at podcasting, um, this sounds stupid, uh, whatever to say, but I really do look at podcasting as an art and conversation and the talking as an art. So I'm not really as concerned with how polished it sounds. Uh, I, at some point, like I said, I'm going to, I guess I'm more of from the like Rogan school of thought where I like to have an authentic, real conversation. Uh, and it's not, I don't think Courtney's against those things either, but we're just so different on what we want. And so, I think when I stopped doing that and she reassessed what she wanted reality bites to become. And then when we ended the show in that format, her and I were on the same page. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was, when I like said, Oh, Hey, we should stop. She's like, thank God that you said something. Cause I thought I was going to have to tell you something. Oh really? Like, oh oh nice. yeah. I mean, it was like, it nice. was a relief because we genuinely like each other and I think we respect each other, but we just had such different visions for the show. And I think that, that, that incarnation of the show had kind of ran its course. So I'm I'm happy for them that they have this current vision, but I like that show because it really did help me tap into more of my sex and um, non-monogamy stuff and queer stuff and help me to figure out and embrace those identities for myself and um, through like social media and Twitter and stuff over the past year or two because of that show. I think that I've been able to just like I go off now and understand that there's an audience for this stuff and that I think personally that the audience is going to continue to grow the more like... um, unorthodox lifestyles and that kind of stuff. I do think that that's just going to continue to grow. Right. 
Steve, I cannot thank you enough for this, man. Oh, First thank episode you. is in I mean, the can. This was like nothing, too. I mean, we could have talked for another half hour. Easy. Yeah. Um, so where can we find your shows? You can find me at Big Hern on Twitter, Herney on Instagram. Uh, I'm here every Sunday night. The Chatterbox is the best bar show in Los Angeles. And then you could find uh, my movie podcast. It's Views from the Vista. Who's Your God with Amy Miller? And uh, The Male Gaze uh, with Zed Kutzinger. Alan Strickland Williams and Brody Reed. And you'll find those if you follow me on Twitter and Instagram. You'll find all that stuff. And so. Julia's podcast is Julia's podcast is What's Your Sign? If you're into astrology at all, you've heard about it. It's huge. It's great. If you're interested in it, that's the podcast for you. They're not uh they're it's kind of like Broad City meets astrology where they're learning about the stuff while they do it. So it's real fun. It's dirty and it's real informative so. and then your new show does that have a release date or do uh, it you doesn't have a, have a release date it'll come out in the next month i'm that's going to be a real slow roll because it's going to be a very intimate podcast where i'm not even i'm not like as much as i want to blow up the stuff i'm going to reveal on that i'm like scared of too so right yeah steve thank you sir of course, appreciate my it. pleasure iHeartRadio Podcast Awards are days away. Podcasters have become household names across America. Get ready to celebrate the people who create amazing podcasts. Best. How romantic would it be if after sex I'm going to offer you an ice cold Gatorade Zero? And I'm going to make it a... So you just want to stack these jokes. So I'm going to make it a survey. All right, let's see what that does. Friday, 5 o'clock, 15 likes. Ready.